Are you interested in learning more about how to start your Salesforce career? Be sure to register for our next live webinar showing you exactly how the Salesforce Career Development Program works, our latest statistics, and up-to-date information about what's going on in the Salesforce ecosystem. To register now, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash live. That's talentstacker.com forward slash L-I-V-E. We look forward to seeing you on the next live webinar. Every time we get on the show, you one up yourself. It's trips to Hawaii. <laughs> it's getting engaged, buying your first home, and now Costco clothing. How do you do it? Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Salesforce, Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In today's Q&A, we answer some of your burning questions about roles and certifications. The other term for CPQ is causes people to quit. Fire be warned. Yes. Yeah. Also, Brad shows us a few ways to catch an employer's attention. People who are bored because they're in their fourth interview of the day, and then suddenly their ears perk up and they're like, did they just say Avengers? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be answering questions from you guys. So we just wrapped up the series on Salesforce job roles. And so what we've done is we've gone out to the community and we've collected your questions regarding Salesforce job roles and a variety of different you know, things you guys are wondering about that maybe we didn't cover quite well enough when we recorded the series. So we're going to knock those questions out now. And as always, to help me do that, we have Anita Smith. How's it going, Anita? Hey, going pretty well. Um... I, I guess, completed a major life milestone recently. I purchased my first piece of clothing from Costco. <laughs> <laughs> that is a major life milestone. I mean, every time we get on the show, you one-up yourself. It's trips to Hawaii. <laughs> it's getting engaged, buying your first home, and now Costco clothing. How do you do I don't, it? I don't know why I never bought clothes there before. I got these pair of jeans $13. Like, it was such a good deal. And they're so like, Listen, I, I've spent $200 on a pair of jeans before. So this is a big step. Okay. That is a big step. I'm, I'm excited. I think we need to do, we'll have to do an episode sort of like, where are they now episode? And we'll, we'll see how those $13 pants are doing. Maybe they'll be amazing and maybe they won't be doing so well, but we need to find out. Well, anyways, how's it going for you, Bradley? It's going good. I've got plans to go to Costco soon based on some advice I've been given. Um, no, things are good. We're uh, settling in here. We had a great time at Texas Dream In recently. That was a fun Salesforce event. And I plan on hopefully getting out to some more events soon. So uh, not a whole lot going on, just enjoying the summer with Evelyn out of school and uh, not really counting the days, but not excited about her going to first grade. I think as most parents know, they grow up way too fast, so I just want to lock her down where she is today, but I don't think that's a reality. <laughs> uh, should we talk about Salesforce stuff now? or? <laughs> I guess we can. I mean, we may as well. All right, so we can jump right in. And before we sort of hop into question number one, I wanted to just reiterate that, you know, in this past series, we talked about, you know, Salesforce roles like we had guest speakers from Salesforce administrators, Salesforce developers, Salesforce business analysts, and Salesforce consultants. And we dedicated an episode to each one of those roles in order to help highlight how do you break into those? What are the major differences? How do those roles support teams and companies in the Salesforce ecosystem? So you can sort of get a feel for what might be a better fit for you, but also 
you know, some of the nuances and caveats of being in those different types of roles. So now in this episode, as mentioned, we're going to jump into questions from the audience around different types of Salesforce roles and dig just a little bit deeper and make sure that we're providing the context that everyone's asking for. So what do we have first? All right. First question is, how important are Salesforce certifications for different roles? Which I think we're going to get a lawyer answer, but I'll let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is fair to say it differs by role. And I, I know we've talked about this some before on the show, that Salesforce consultancies in general value certifications more than other jobs. So it doesn't really matter if you're a you know, a declarative role like an admin or a business analyst, or if you're a programmatic role like a developer, those consultancies still like those certifications because it adds to their partner score. And for individual roles, you know, there are certifications for each one. And business analysts historically have not had a certification. And then here within the last year or two, they've added business analyst certifications. Now, the cool thing is, or maybe not so cool thing, depending on your perspective, is that you have to have the Salesforce administrator certification as a prerequisite to a lot of other certifications. So regardless, whether you want to be a developer or a BA or an admin or a consultant or anything in between, you pretty much have to get the Salesforce administrator certification. So does it differ? Yeah. I mean, I'll take your opinion on the business analyst. I'd love to hear your thoughts because there's only the one, if I recall correctly, the one business analyst certification that is specific to Salesforce. But I believe business analysts are pretty well known for getting non-Salesforce certifications too. Is that fair to say? Yeah, there, there's main business analysts that, that are not like Salesforce related. Those certifications are a little more hands-on to get. I didn't have one of those before I started as a Salesforce BA. I just had the admin cert and then the BA cert actually didn't come out until afterwards. For a Salesforce business analyst role, like, like you said, all roles admin cert 100% like unless you're an accidental admin which means you're at a job and they kind of like start giving you salesforce admin tasks without you know paying you more or changing your title when that happens you may not need a certification cuz they're just like giving you more work but getting a job definitely admin cert minimum as a BA i think it's a nice to have but the certification is still so new that i think an admin cert is enough yeah, that's interesting. I, I like that perspective. And it's nice, obviously, having you as a actual real-life BA to give some context there. I started my career as an administrator. And again, the admin certification was a given. But a lot of people think that if you're going to be a Salesforce administrator, the next certification should be the advanced administrator. And that has not been my experience. And there's a few reasons for that. I think one of the reasons is that companies want a diverse admin, somebody with some more versatile skill sets. And they don't necessarily want to see that you're just a hardcore administrator. Like, I want to see that you're a great admin, plus maybe have a little bit of developer chops. So maybe you go for platform app builder, or you've got a little bit of BA chops. So you go for the business analyst certification. So I've noticed that with the roles like administrator specifically, they like to see versatility versus dedication to that one specific administrator role. And the other thing is, the Salesforce administrator certification doesn't score as well for the partner score for the consultancies. So consultancies don't really care too much about it from a partner score perspective. They'd rather see a niche cert like sales cloud or service cloud or something that applies to whatever they specialize in. 
So I think all in all for this question, certifications do matter a lot in the Salesforce ecosystem for each role, but it's not as simple as just saying, I'm an admin, so get admin, advanced admin, or I'm a business analyst, so just get business analyst, or I'm a developer. So they've got like, you know, five certifications you could go get for developers, but it's more so, and we've covered this in the past, it's more so getting certifications that align with your interest and align with the skills that you're actually using on the job to prove you've tangibly somewhat conquered that knowledge. I agree. I mean, it just, sometimes it depends. Some companies care about more than others, but yeah, just got to see where you're at. And I mean, if you're looking to jump, then yeah, it matters. Would you say it helps you too? Like I I saw a question yesterday, actually, where someone asked, uh, they said, I've already got two years of Salesforce experience, but I'm not certified and I'm looking to change jobs. Should I get a certification, but I've already got experience. So do I really need it? I guess, what would you say to a question like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I feel like the admin cert is kind of like the bachelor's degree. It's just like a minimum requirement now. Like some companies, oh, you have to have a bachelor's degree. A lot of companies in Salesforce world, we don't require college degrees, but at least the Salesforce admin cert. And if you have two years of experience, you might as well like try for it because you could probably pass with that experience and you probably will get more money with that certification. Yeah, I would agree. That That's my thing. I think from a psychological side, it's like you might feel more imposter syndrome if you're not certified, like you're going into these interviews feeling like there's a chip on your shoulder or something like that. And I think anytime you give companies a way to write you off, like, oh yeah, you've got experience, but you're not even certified. Like, just don't give them that option. At least like you said, I mean, you can probably pass it with some minor sort of like textbook terminology studying and go knock it out pretty quickly. So I'm with you and I would hate to get a lowball offer from a company because they thought they could pay you less because you're not certified. A lot of times they don't know that how the certification exam works and they think it's like some big like program or course or something you had to go through to get certified. And then reality, it was a multiple choice test that you may have retaken three or four times. So yeah, I'm with you. Just go get at least one certification to show you've got some chops outside of the experience. All right. Next question. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Let's see. Can I transition between Salesforce roles and how can I develop a cross-functional skill set? Yeah, that's a great question. So the short answer is yes, of course you can. If you come into a role and maybe you get your first job as a Salesforce administrator and later find out, you know, I think I want to be a business analyst or I think I want to start becoming a Salesforce developer, you can absolutely make the transition. Now, I will say in talking to employers, because I do a lot of that too, they like to hear that whatever they're hiring for, right? If they're hiring for a Salesforce business analyst, if you're trying to get the job, they don't really want to hear that you want to be a business analyst, but you're thinking about being an admin and maybe a developer in the future. They kind of want to hear like you're there for that role and that's what you want to be. Now, it's up to you how you want to communicate that because you may just want to get the job and just tell them kind of what they want to hear and just say, I love this job. This is the role I want. Or you may want a better fit and better alignment. We're going to keep using that word because I think it's a great word for selecting employers, alignment. And if you want better alignment, then you might want to be more open about what your career goals are and maybe a little bit of your, not necessarily confusion, but just that you haven't necessarily selected what you want to do. And right now you're kind of open to a lot of different things. So how you communicate, that's up to you, but you can absolutely transition. I mean, I went from Salesforce administrator to solution architect 
and largely by the end of my Salesforce consulting career, I would say I was largely a business analyst. It was a lot of that communication and documenting requirements and really helping clients understand what their needs were and helping triage from other projects I'd worked on to build you know, high quality processes and things like that and, and give them those solutions. But as far as the actual building happen inside the org, you know, I, I wasn't doing a whole lot of that. So that would be my take. You can definitely transition careers and people do it all the time from one role to another. What do you think about the, the skills that carry over into those different roles? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially if you're working for a smaller team, a smaller company, you end up wearing a lot of different hats. I mean, I didn't transition between Salesforce roles on purpose, but I started out as a Salesforce BA, business analyst, and now I'm a Salesforce scrum master because while I was a BA, I would cover for our scrum master and, you know, people saw, oh, she's actually good at that. So I like got to build facilitating meeting type skills. And because of that, I, I was able to switch. And I, I don't think it's really difficult to switch between roles, especially once you're in it. It's very easy to like go to your team member like, hey, I'm interested in what you're doing. Can you show me? And you kind of like can train yourself and build that skill set if you do plan on switching in the future. Yeah, I think that's really fair. I mean, like you said, you're, you're going to end up wearing a lot of hats anyway no matter what role you're in, um, more than likely. So if you're a Salesforce administrator, chances are you're going to be playing around with code a little bit. And especially with tools like ChatGPT coming out where administrators are even more empowered to write some code snippets and not have to necessarily know a whole lot about what's going on because they can have ChatGPT write a code snippet and then have it described to them what it is and how it works and then go test it in a sandbox and really level up their skills quickly to do a little bit of development stuff. And then on the other hand, you know, I think any role, you're going to have to be understanding requirements and documenting requirements and asking engaging questions to clients. So you're going to develop a lot of sort of cross-functional skills that you can use across the board. I mean, for me personally, when I was in consulting full-time, I was constantly looking for even further outside of Salesforce roles. I wanted to see how do these consultancies market? How do they sell? What do the sales pitches sound like? How do they put together statements of work and figure out how many hours and what they're going to charge? Like, even outside of those are the skills you're going to develop. It's not even just like Salesforce BA admin developer. It's sales rep and marketing rep. And how do we nurture leads to help them convert more You know, actively? These are all skills you're going to build as a Salesforce professional. It's really largely not Salesforce specific a lot of the time. All right. So I think we can hop down to the next question. And if you don't mind, I'll, I'll cue the next one up and uh, you can take a stab at it first. Yeah, go for it. So... Are there any niche roles within the Salesforce ecosystem that could be a good fit for someone with a specialized skill set? Uh, yes, <laughs> there are a lot of niche roles, but I don't know. I might have to dig in a little bit on the specialized skill set. So if you're already working, you can kind of find your niche I don't know how other people do it, but for me, I just like wherever my work takes me, I'm like, okay, let me let me scale up in this particular niche. Or you can just go out, look at the certifications, decide you want to focus in there. But there, there's so many. So Marketing Cloud is one, CPQ, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. If you just go on the Trailhead website and look at the different certifications, you can go down like a rabbit hole. How many are there? Are there like 30 now? I don't know. Over 25. 
There are a lot, right? Like when we talk about niche skills, it goes deep. I mean, it used to be like you just kind of went sales cloud or, you know, the support route with service cloud and maybe got into marketing a little bit or something like that. But in the last, I would say, five years, it has just blown wide open. I mean, you have people who are dedicated specifically to, you know, not just development, but doing like B2B, business to business, you know, marketing development or B2C, business to consumer. And then there's so many variations now that to your point, that's the the advice I usually give is let your job take you where it takes you into that specialty. Unless you're just, you know, dead set. I've seen some people come from the nonprofit space and then they want to specialize in nonprofit. And there are companies that dedicate specifically to helping nonprofit clients or educators, you know, their education cloud. If you come from healthcare, there's the the health cloud. So there are some people who come from a certain background and they're like, you know what? I think this specialty might appeal to me a little bit more. But my typical advice is like, let your specialty come to you a little bit, unless you're just really focused in on doing one thing. That's what I did. And I've seen a lot of other people do that, where instead of walking into a role and being so selective, like, oh, I only want to do this. Like, I want to be a Salesforce administrator but only at a consultancy who focuses on nonprofit. And you're just really going to limit your opportunities. And in, in actuality, for me, it was like I came in thinking, okay, I'm a Salesforce admin just generally, and I'm open-minded to whatever comes my way. And initially, I was going really deep into sales and service cloud because that's what my clients used. But then suddenly, I had a lot of clients using marketing cloud or Pardot. And these are these marketing automation platforms that are owned by Salesforce. And I really enjoyed it. And it turned out there weren't a lot of people doing it. So I got put on more and more projects to do marketing cloud and Pardot. And it suddenly became my specialty. And it wasn't because I was walking in going, I want to do marketing. It was because that was the demand of the ecosystem. And that was what I looked at. I saw, man, this is my fast track to be specialized in something, be the go-to on a topic. It's going to give me pay raises and more job opportunities. And I just went in that direction. And I think for most people, if you just like take it easy when you're first getting into the ecosystem and just be generally something, a BA or an admin or a developer, and then instead of focusing so much on that next certification and getting specialized, let it come to you through that first role. So that would be my advice. Yeah. I mean, also, I just remember to add another layer. If you work for a partner consultancy, they also have accredited professional um credentials or the certs. I can't remember what they're called. (laughs) And then there's a whole list to go from there. So rather than going through the list and trying to focus, I 100% agree with Bradley, like just do your job and you get put on different projects and you have different experiences and you figure out what you want to focus on from there. Yeah. I'll add on too that, you know, I think people come in, I saw a question on the Salesforce for Everyone Facebook group. Somebody said, I got my admin certification and everybody seems to be getting platform app builder next, but I want to differentiate myself. That's a good, like, that's cool. That's a good idea. You should always differentiate yourself. And they they were saying, well, I'm thinking about going for the CPQ certification. And that means configure price quote, but it's a very specialized certification path. And while you can go get it, you know, the, there are no pre, other prerequisites that you need to get. You can go after it. But these, a lot of these specialized certifications require quite a bit of understanding of the platform and uh, how to work inside of Salesforce. And you know, a lot of them require, I would say, a good year of experience just understanding businesses and what they're looking for. So unless you're just a really amazing test taker where you can go memorize content and it's just clicking for you quickly, 
you're not just going to hop in and go past CPQ like you would platform app builder, where you can just study and do repetition and do some practice exams and pass. So I think too, when you think about a niche, a lot of times it's not as easy as just going, I got my admin, so now I'm going to go get this other cert. The barrier to getting those certifications can be considerably higher than getting something else more general like platform app builder, UX designer or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) The other other term for CPQ is causes people to quit. (laughs) So true. Yeah. People get burnt on CPQ. It's a daunting topic. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's difficult, but that's why it pays a lot higher than other niches. So if you want to gamble and and go for that niche before actually working on a project, try it out. But uh, just know that it's also called causes people to quit for that reason. Fire be warned. Yes. Yeah. All right. Ready for our next question? Yeah, let's jump in. I'm ready. Let's see. How can I gain practical experience in Salesforce roles if I'm just starting out in my career? Oh, come on, guys. You got to listen to the previous episodes. Yeah, we've got a few episodes about this. I couldn't name them off cuff, but I I know there's one. (laughs) I won't even try. It's in the first eight episodes, but there's one that's all about experience. That's all we talked about. Um, This is a really common question. I'm happy to reiterate it because I know from being on the front end of this and trying to communicate this knowledge out to people. The funny thing about talking to people about Salesforce careers or anything is you can't just say it once. Like you have to say everything like once a week because you just have new people who want to hear it and and they're just not going to go back <laughs> and listen to the previous content. So how to get hands-on practical experience. This usually comes up before landing the first job because you're walking in interviews and they're saying, oh, you don't have enough experience in this area. So how can you get experience? So a a common way to do this is to just do what I just sort of call practical or pet projects inside your Salesforce developer org or your playground on Trailhead. And just trying to come up with unique ways to frame projects that you think might be interesting. And the thing I try to look out for for me would be, what do I want to talk about in an interview? Like what would be compelling in an interview that might be fun to talk about? Like inside a talent stacker, Alex Warnicke came up with this idea of a Trailvengers org where they're building like the Avengers headquarters. And that can sort of turn heads in an interview when you're talking and they're like, can you show me something you've worked on or tell me about an experience? And you start talking about the Avengers. And that's not something most interviewees are going to start talking about. So suddenly people who are bored because they're in their fourth interview of the day and all they want to do is go to lunch. And then suddenly their ears perk up and they're like, did they just say Avengers? I'm like, okay, I'll take a look at this Avengers HQ project that you were working on. I try to think of it from that perspective. One project, if I were going back to look for a job today, I would build a lot of people do a job search app inside of Salesforce, but that's a really selfish project to do because it's you. It's your job search and how you built it. And it's a cool idea and everybody does it. But what I would do is I would build an app showing how companies can hire with less friction because there's one thing you know about this company right now and that they're hiring. And chances are getting interviews scheduled is difficult. Getting candidates qualified is difficult. Deciding what the offer is going to be, who to offer it to, just scheduling and keeping everybody in order. Um, Your feedback about the interview and how it went and what you think about them, documentation, their resumes, their portfolios, their LinkedIn profiles. I would build an app that made it really easy to take a list of 20 candidates and score them and streamline them and get their interviews auto scheduled and things like that. As the employer, that's going to make my ears perk up. When you go, actually, I uh, built a Salesforce app that allows companies to streamline the interview and hiring process 
10x as fast as they can today. Do you want to take a look? And then you can demo what you've built. And that's a lot more intriguing than telling someone who's trying to hire about your app that's helping someone who's trying to get a job. So it's aligning the interest of the interviewer with what you've built and piquing their interest. So pet projects are always fun. And if you can do one on a topic that is actually intriguing to companies that are hiring, you're going to have a lot better odds of getting their attention and having them remember you. That is a really good idea. Coming with a solution to a problem they didn't even know they had in the first place. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, So while you're talking, I looked up the episode for anyone who wants to go back and listen to that episode. It is episode five named Getting Hands-On Experience, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And we, we covered a little bit of what's covered in there, but it's a really good episode to listen to. Yeah, 100% agree with what Bradley said. I like the real life use instead of a pet project even better. I mean, don't let that deter you. I mean, anything is better than nothing. There are people out there who are not building their own apps and they don't, they're not creating their own experience. So just putting that extra effort makes a big difference. I'm trying to think, because what I would build is like all personal ones. I'm trying to think of something that I could build that could help a a company. I guess maybe I would think of like a dream company. I, I love travel. So maybe something to do with like award travel points. Although I, I think uh, Salesforce actually created something <laughs> recently to help with that. But award travel, redemption, stuff like that is probably something I would build. Or just do something really selfish for the ecosystem and like how to help all of your on-site employees go remote immediately and still <laughs> maintain company culture. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, I think we we could have fun with that, but I guess when you're looking for a job, it's not a it's it's not quite as uh, fun to think about off the wall ideas. I was going to ask, you know, we we've seen this question quite a bit and I know people are are wondering what differentiates, you know, in your opinion or from your experience, how much people are getting paid uh, as Salesforce professionals and is it, you know, are different roles making more money than other roles or is it really role-based or is it other things? Like what's the biggest impact on someone's ability to, you know, make more money as a Salesforce professional? Um, oof, let me unpack that. There's there's a lot of thoughts going in my head right now. First off, developer roles, there's just not enough skilled people out there who are developers. So those tend to pay a lot more. But when we're comparing like entry-level roles for junior admin, BA, or junior consultant, That's tough because it kind of depends on the company, the size of the company. If it's a big company, small company, consultants, because consultancies rely so heavily on the amount of certifications and improving their partner score, they tend to pay more for people with more certifications rather than if you're just working for a company as an admin, they they don't usually care about all the extra certs. Did I answer the question or? <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think you did. I mean, I think that's a great example. And I, and I would agree, you know, based on the data that we get from our alumni, which is, you know, a ton of people now, it doesn't seem to be a very strong trend towards like job role, at least entry level. Like take this with a grain of salt. This is entry level we're talking about. They all seem to range, I would say sixty-five dollars to $75,000 entry level as a range. And, you know, I haven't seen a trend where it's like BAs make a lot more or a lot less, or admins make a lot more or a lot less, or consultants make a lot more or a lot less. Companies are negotiating with more than money, in my opinion. And so some people will take those entry-level jobs 
for say 60,000, little on the low end for an entry level Salesforce professional, because that company has a reputation for growth, for opportunity, for getting promoted quickly, things like that. Or it might be that it has a specialty that everybody knows is high demand. So say uh, CPQ or marketing cloud, something like that. So you, you know that you can come in and maybe take a little lower on the front end, but you're going to get some really valuable experience and exposure while you're with the company. Location still matters a little bit. So if you're like in a New York or a, you know, a San Francisco or something like that, you can, especially if that company is maybe they're headquartered in New York City and they're just a little more privy to hiring somebody who's in the city or in the metro area, they might pay you a little bit more based on that. I know, especially like very large, like enterprise companies think like PwC, Deloitte, Accenture, a lot of times they have pay bands based on maps. So they'll like have a heat map and they'll say, if you live in these high cost of living areas, you get paid a little bit more. So I think they just have that as like an HR policy, which in my opinion is a little bit outdated because these roles are largely remote, but that's the reality of some of these policies that are in place. But to Anita's point, certifications can give you a little bit more leverage. And obviously, once we get past entry level, years of experience is king with being able to demand higher pay. And then you got to be able to back your experience. Like You can't just show up to an interview and be like, I have five years of experience. And then you can't hold a quality conversation around you know, major hurdles you've overcome or major projects that you've you know, struggled with, but been able to generate incredible outcomes for clients. When you can communicate in that way, or maybe if you're getting into management roles, you can definitely up your income considerably. I would agree developers get paid a bit more. I'm a relatively frugal person, but I've always thought if I'm going to make five years into my career, 130 to 50,000 as a Salesforce admin or 150 to 180,000 as a Salesforce developer, I'm cool. I'm still making like mid six figure money and um, I'll be all right. So I focus more on the career I'm actually interested in versus the one that pays the most because in Salesforce careers, whichever role you take, you're going to end up getting paid long term. Yeah. They all pay, pay really well, have PTO, retirement stuff. It's pretty, pretty cushy. I wanted to, you piqued my interest with the, the salary bands based on location. So what happens, let's say you live in New York, you land a job, and then you move out of New York. What happens to your salary? My understanding is that you do have to report when you move and that your salary would be adjusted when you move based on that band. So especially those big enterprise companies that are paying you that specifically. And a lot of times, I mean, I'm sure if you like to you know, walk the line that you could find ways around reporting that move. At the end of the day, they're probably from an HR perspective relying on where they're going to send that W-2 for your tax information and your tax filing at the end of the year. But reality is you could have a PO box set up wherever you want to have a PO box set up. So we won't talk about the uh, ethical or moral side of it. I'm sure you can get around it, but from a process perspective, they would want to know that you moved and it would impact your your pay. That's fair. Good to know. <laughs> All right. So that wraps it up for questions today. If any of those answers convince you to get a career in the Salesforce ecosystem, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start, sign up for the free five-day challenge. And if you're getting you know, good vibes and you're enjoying the podcast, please, whatever subscribe <laughs> you're listening on, just podcast now with a five-star rating. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. 
To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonza. If you like what we do at this scrappy can-do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.